listening to The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. Yo, man, this team, guys, this team, oh my goodness, what another heartbreaker, man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. I'm your host, Troy, and this is the post-game show for the Milwaukee Bucks versus the New York Knicks. New York Knicks just lost 109 to 103. Oh, my goodness, man. I don't even know anymore, bro. I really don't even know. I mean, rooting for this team hurts, man. And listen, the game was good. I mean, as far as New York Knicks games are concerned, this was one of the better games the Knicks have played quarter to quarter from start to finish that I've seen in any other game. And against a Milwaukee Bucks team that is absolutely making the playoffs, could arguably make the finals, given how strong of a start they've had. And they don't even have their second best player in Middleton back yet. So, again, it's been great to watch that, and I thought the game was entertaining from start to finish. I advise anybody who didn't watch the game to go back and check it out because, truth be told, I don't know how you could even dislike it, even though we lost. I think that's the only reason that anybody would dislike it, the reason I hate it as well, too. I don't like the result. I don't think anybody would, especially if your team loses. However, I think as games go, entertaining goes, hustle effort passion if you want to see what that looks like from this Knicks team go rewatch the Bucks versus Knicks game probably the best game the Knicks have played from quarter to quarter in any stretch that I've seen thus far this season we didn't get the W and that sucks but if we play at this level every single night we'll win more times than we lose and that's just a fact oh and by the way guys don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. But just going back to the uh, game again, final score, 103 uh, for the New York Knicks, 109 for the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, they they really did dominate um, at times. I felt Giannis did whatever he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do it. And by all means, he should be able to do that. Giannis is the MVP. Giannis is, well, you know, former MVP and likely is always going to be in that running for MVP given what he does. Giannis Antetokounmpo is unreal. Is absolutely insane. I'm going to pull up his stats real quick so you can understand what the Knicks were going up against because I think sometimes it's hard to it's hard to discern what Giannis brings to the game um unless you watch him. But if you didn't even watch the game, again, I, I advise you to go rewatch that game. But listen to his stat line. He played 37 minutes, right? He fouled out, by the way, at a crucial moment, and they still won. Another reason why this game was such a heartbreaker, folks. But he played 37 minutes, had 37 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, 13 of 25 uh, shooting, 2 of 8 from 3. He made two threes, though. If this guy can hit his threes at a consistent clip, let's say 40%, he will be the best player in the NBA by far. There won't even be an argument. I don't care who you are, what you got to say to me. If you understand basketball and how this man plays, if he gets a consistent three-point shot, no one, no one is beating Giannis. I don't care who, do you, I don't care who you are. 
just not going to happen if he puts a consistent three-point shot in this game. Anyways, he was nine from 12 from the free throw line. He picks this game to have one of his better days at the line. Of course, it has to happen against the Knicks. Uh, one block and uh, three turnovers. And again, like I said, he had six personal fouls. He fouled out. But that's just to show you what the Milwaukee Bucks can do. That's just to show you what a Giannis-led team can do and how much impact that it has. It's a playoff caliber team. At its core, it's a playoff caliber team. And when Middleton comes back, it's likely a finals caliber team. That's how good this Bucks team is. I want you to keep that in mind as we discuss and talk about this game. Because again, we lost in one of the best games I thought the Knicks had played from start to finish that I've seen. We can go in and criticize players, coaches, teammates, plays, calls, all of that. Of course, we can do that. But if you just watch the game from start to finish, I thought it was a very entertaining game. Let's go into the stats of the game like we always do here on the Knicks recap. We're going to break down field goal, three-point percentage, free, uh, free throw percentage, turnovers, and assists, um, all of that. Don't forget, uh, as well, fans, to uh, follow us on Twitter, at the Knicks recap. You'll get all of our uh, Twitter spaces notifications there as well, too. Sometimes we go live there either with fellow Knicks spaces members or we'll, I'll go live myself and, you know, you'll uh, listen to me probably rant for about 15 to 20 minutes about either Tom Thibodeau, the New York Knicks, or why R.J. Barrett is good, bad, or indifferent that day. So it's definitely content you, you don't want to miss. Make sure you, you, catch in, uh, you catch in on that. Going back to the game now, uh, the Knicks were 42 for 100, took 100 shots, uh, 42%, obviously. Um, and uh, the Bucks for field goal were 39 for 90 at 43%. Uh, their three-point percentage, the Bucks were 29% for 10 for 35. They were horrific from three, just awful. Um, the Knicks weren't that better. Actually, we were worse. Uh, six for 30, 20%. So they were 29%. We were 20%. No, neither of us could buy a three, but they still bought a three better than we could. And I felt like they hit their threes when they needed to. And we could never find the basket when we needed to. And that is really a lot of what the problem is. Another big, huge problem. Huge. And I don't know why this is a problem. Free throw. The Bucks hit 81% of their free throws with Giannis on their team. 21 for 26. You want to hear what the Knicks shot? Do you want to hear this crazy stat? And we don't have a Giannis on our team. If you want to make the argument, Mitch, whatever. But listen to this. 13 for 20. 65%. If we made those free throws, we win this game. That's seven points, right? That's 110 to 109. We win. If we just make our free throws, potentially we win this game. It's just that simple. We lost us at the line as well. And that has to be something that Tom Thibodeau has to preach at practice and everywhere else. Work on your free throws. God damn it, man. Why are we losing at the line? These are the things I get frustrated with because these things are fixable. This is something that you can teach, you can practice, you can train. It's not like a, a talent ability. These are free throws, bro. In the assist category, the Knicks had 18, far, far, far away from the 31 that they had against the Detroit Pistons. And you can see, if you move the ball, you likely win the game. When you stop moving the ball, hmm, 
maybe you lose the game. And that's exactly what happened. 18 assists for that uh, for us, 23 assists for the Bucs. Uh, the Bucs had 52 um, rebounds, 14 offensive. The Knicks had 55 rebounds, 19 offensive. Shout out to Mitchell Robinson, because that's basically all of Mitchell Robinson right there in terms of offensive rebounds. You can give a few to maybe quickly in uh, RJ. But other than that, Mitchell Robinson was the best piece of this game. And we'll get into him right after the stats. Uh, blocks, the Bucks had six. The Knicks had three. Again, all Mitch, most likely. Um, steals. Uh, we were uh, three to two bucks in favor of there. And uh, the Bucks had two technical fouls. We had no technical fouls, but we only really converted on one because we missed one of the technical free throws. So um, that's where you are right there. Again, that's the stats of the game. Very upsetting result. Obviously, you don't want to lose a game, especially a game that you were in for basically the entire game. Guys, we were in this game for the entire game. The Bucs never led by more than 10. I think they never led by double digits. That's how close the game was throughout. So the hope for the Knicks winning this game was there. The passion was there on both ends, offense and defense. Now, our two best offensive weapons, or three of our best offensive weapons, weren't all there. R.J. Barrett had a pretty okay game. He did good on defense, and he had okay offensive game. Jalen Brunson was not Jalen Brunson offensively this game. And, you know, you could say he made some mistakes and didn't make the shots that mattered. And if you want to say that, that's fair. He's done that for the last few games. I hear that. Julius Randle, another big piece to why we won the Detroit game. Didn't have the greatest game against the Bucks, like I knew he wouldn't. Because this is what Julius Randle does. He shows up against these mediocre teams and against the teams that are playoff caliber or better, he has a hard time replicating that same type of winning or same type of play. He just can't do it. And if he can do it, he can't do it consistently. And that's my point. Are we going to just only speak about the good moments of the season and ignore all the bad moments? Is that, as Nick fans, what we want to do? Are we going to avoid all the reasoning, all the stats, all the eye tests that we see, all the lack of defense that Julius Randle does when he gets ball stopping and ball watching each and every game, when he sees people pull up and doesn't even make an effort to run at them, to try to make a miss as a leader on this team, and this is what we're talking about? Julius Randle is part of the problem on this team. He's not the main problem. I will say that again. R.J. Barrett has been a problem. At times, Brunson has been a problem. Coach Thibodeau, for me, is the main problem. But there are many, many issues with this Knicks team, and it's not only Randall. I don't want to make that clear. But I don't want to just brush away Randall like he's not a problem. You can talk to me about his stats, what he's averaging, all the hell you want to. Did that help us last year? What he was averaging and the stats he was producing? It's not about so much the stats. It's about how impactful you are as a player when you're on the court for your team. And as that player, Julius Randle is not it. If you look at the plus minus for the Knicks overall this season, he is top as a leader for plus minus on the team. You want to know who the top three are? Jul uh, excuse me, RJ Barrett is number one. Julius Randle is number two. And Evan Fournier is number three. Those are your top three who have the worst plus minus on your team for this season. And people want to come here and tell me that I'm targeting 
or, you know, not favoring everybody the same way or not calling it like I see it, bro, get out of here with that, bro. I love RJ Barrett. I want him to be an all-star. I hope he can be still one day, but I'm not insane. I'm not crazy. I've seen how he played. He's been playing like garbage, terrible, atrocious. This has been one of the worst starts of his career, in my opinion, to a season. And I'm saying that as an RJ Barrett fan. And I can say with Randall, his defense is a liability now or is becoming that. And the problem is Randall can play consistent defense. He just doesn't do it consistently each and every game. And that's the problem. And I don't know why Nick fans can't see that and get upset with that. But you want to be hyped that he destroys the Pistons. The Pistons without a Cade or an Ivy, bro. Get out of here. And then you want to hype the game up. And when I say it's against the Pistons, oh, then you want to say, oh, it's against the Pistons. But then when he doesn't do it against the Bucs, you want to tell me it's the Bucs. You're using the same argument against me. You're just flipping it when it makes sense and matters to you. Get out of here with that, bro. It doesn't work. Let's go through some of the stats here. Um, Julius Randle, 39 minutes, 18 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 8 for 24 shooting, 1 of 8 from 3. Uh-huh, yeah. Wasn't his birthday anymore, right? Uh, one free throw made and negative seven on the plus minus. Jalen Brunson, 34 minutes, 17 points, um, five uh, rebounds, five assists, eight for 22. Not much better. Zero for four from three. One of four from the free throw line, which is not like him at all. Very off from the free throw line. One block, one steal, one turnover. A negative two in this plus minus. And then we'll go to RJ. Let's do, let's do the big three just real quick here. And then I also want to do Mitchell Robinson because he was the most impactful player to me on this team. <clears throat> RJ Barrett. 33 minutes, 26 points, two rebounds, three assists, eight of 15 from the field. That's pretty efficient. Two of four from three-point land. That's not bad. For RJ, anyways. Uh, eight of nine from the free throw line. Love that. Negative five plus minus. He had five personal fouls and three turnovers. So that's what your big three offered you. If your big three is offering you that, meaning two of the three are inconsistent or not playing well, you have a huge shot to lose this game. And that's exactly what happened. The fact that we were in this game at all against this Bucks team was number one, because they were missing threes. They were not hitting their threes. And number two, it's because our guys, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, two of our highest volume shooters on our team were missing shots consistently had a very, very bad off night shooting for both of them. And defensively, again, the whole team I felt did better. I still felt there were some defensive lapses from Julius Randle, sometimes from Jalen Brunson, sometimes for R.J. Barrett. But you know who didn't have a defensive lapse, I felt, in this game? Mitchell friggin' Robinson. Let's go over to Mitchell Robinson, the key to the game for me. 33 minutes, 15 points, 20 rebounds, one assist, seven of nine from the field. One of two from the free throw line. One block. That's not like him. One block is not like Mitch. He usually gets at least two or three. I expect that to be the case moving forward. 
He was the only positive of the starters at a plus four. And one of the only positives on plus minus, actually looking at it right now, he was the only positive in the plus minus category out of everybody who played on the team at a plus four. And that's because of what he did. He was a rebounding monster. Monster. Ridiculous. Killing it in every single way you wanted him to play. 15 and 20? 15 and 20, bro? I'll take 15 and 20 from Mitch every single night. What? Phenomenal, bro. Demon on the boards. Could not be stopped. Who was stopping him? Who was even trying to get at him? No one. No one could touch Robinson in the paint, and it shows how much his game is elevated, how strong he's got down low, shows how much work he's been putting off in the offseason. And, you know, if his tweets are anything to look at, and if nobody knows, if you look at his tweets, he's not really very happy, um, basically saying he's not been used properly to show what he can do. He only has certain things he can do, if I'm just paraphrasing here. Um, showed a little bit more against this Bucks team, and I don't know if management's listening or reading into his tweets, but it seems like to me Robinson wants to be more involved in the offense. And if I can say anything in Robinson's favor, this game against a, again, playoff finals caliber team and the Milwaukee Bucks says anything, it was his best game to date in terms of offense and defense. And he picked his best day to do it. He's made an argument to why he should have more touches in an offense. And I'll tell you one thing. If Jalen Brunson and Mitchell Robinson can figure out this lob threat and Jalen Brunson can have that in his bag, it'll, it will make the game so much easier for not only Mitch, but for Jalen. Because people will think that Mitch is going up for a dunk. Jalen can throw it right underneath to him and he can just go up as they're coming down, get the shot and won it. See what I'm saying? Or Jalen Brunson can fake alley-oop it and drive in. Fake alley-oop it or throw it up for a floater. Fake alley-oop it or shoot a mid-range. You add so much more to your bag if you get a lob threat consistent with Mitchell Robinson. You add so much more depth to your team if you allow Mitch to have more of a post-up game or display whatever other moves Mitch believes he has in the post. Let me see what he can do. Let him work down there. And if he can bully ball and you know, push people around and get in there and get positioning and make the basket. I want Mitch taking more shots. I want him getting more touches because I want a big man like that because it gives you more opportunity. It'll open up the wings, which will allow you to get more open threes. And that's what this team needs desperately. Open threes. And I know it's hard because even open threes we miss, but those are the best threes to shoot because at least we have the highest percentage of making those type of shots. So that's what I want. And I think if you include Mitchell Robinson more in the offense, you'll definitely get there. So again, I thought that the Knicks big three, some people like to call them the mid three, fucking hate that name. Uh, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, and Jalen Brunson. RJ Barrett was the best of the bunch of those three against the Milwaukee Bucks. He was the most efficient, and I felt like he did very well on defense, okay on offense. Brunson and Randall couldn't be found on offense when we needed them, really. Uh, Jalen Brunson, again, missed a clutch free throw and a clutch basket at the end. 
Um, yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't great from our uh, big three on the Knicks. And I want to say this publicly and out loud. That shot that R.J. Barrett took was horrible, terrible, horrendous, bad shot. Hand in his face, still took the three. He has no moves, bro. He has nothing in his bag as a move to jab, step, sidestep, go around them or anything to get a better look. So he shoots a contested hand in your face three. That is not a good shot. He should have swung that ball and passed it all around and maybe got the ball back or gotten a better shot for one of his teammates. And I'll say this. I'd have passed that ball to Jalen Brunson because win, lose, draw, whatever. Right now, Jalen Brunson is your best player on the Knicks. He's your most efficient player on your Knicks on average. Who do I want taking that final shot as a New York Knick today? Jalen Brunson. And in my opinion, and I don't give a fuck what game he was playing last night. I don't care how bad he was. We're talking about money, right? You paid him a hundred plus million dollars too, right? So I want to see my hundred plus million dollar point guard who basically on average this season looks like he can make an all-star campaign. I want him taking the final shot. So I would have personally given that ball up to Brunson and I would have lived or died by those consequences with Brunson. Even though RJ made the, you know, the shot before with another three and he was basically the most efficient of quote unquote, the mid three that night, I still would have wanted Brunson taking that shot. Cause RJ Barrett isn't a closer either. He's not made many of those big buckets, and I get it. Jalen Brunson really hasn't done that either. But if we're talking about efficiency overall, Jalen Brunson is that guy. If we're talking about best player overall right now, Jalen Brunson is that guy. So who do you want the ball with in those final seconds of a game? Your best player. That's Jalen Brunson. That's who I wanted the Knicks to give the ball to at the end of regulation there to see if he would have won or lost. But it didn't happen. RJ Barrett took the shot. We missed it. And the final score again is Milwaukee 109, the New York Knicks 103. That's going to do it for us here today, guys, for the post-game show for the New York Knicks against the Milwaukee Bucks. I appreciate you guys rocking out with me. We have a show again tomorrow on Friday. You can catch that show. It'll be with Leo Valentine the funniest Nick comedian that I've ever seen. If you haven't checked him out, be sure to do so. You'll be seeing him on the show on Friday at 8 a.m. Be sure to check that show out. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us. I'll catch you later, guys. Have a good one. Peace. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday.